You are listening to Coffee with Curtis and I'm Robert Curtis. Welcome to the show. Coffee with Curtis is a weekly podcast where you will be able to tune into my conversations over coffee with business leaders sharing their journey and experiences to give you insights to impact your own business. So grab a coffee and enjoy the show. Joining me on today's episode of Coffee with Curtis is Deborah Sobel, co-founder and managing partner of strategy at Verity London. Verity London is a purpose-driven strategic comms agency that's helping brands uncover, develop, and communicate their purpose in the world and their business. So Deborah, it's a delight to have you on the show. Very nice to be here. We're going to be navigating through some interesting topics around communications, purpose, social purpose, what's the difference with CSR, um, and some other mm-hmm. bits and pieces along the way. But to, to give our listeners a sense of, uh, of you, I'd like to ask you two opening questions. First okay. of all, we are on Coffee with Curtis, so presuming that you like coffee, and if you don't, you can give us the alternatives. How do you I like do coffee? not like coffee. Oh I my do gosh. not like coffee. I mean, does this disqualify you from the show? That's it. That's it. I don't like coffee. I don't drink coffee. (laughs) Uh, Cup of tea. British? Cup of tea. Cup of tea. Yeah. This is no coffee with Curtis. No, it's a hot drink. (laughs) This is a drink with Deborah. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Well, now we've got that out of the way. I want to know. I want to know when you were younger, I'm sure you were not running around saying, I have to be a purpose strategy consultant. Um, <laughs> so I want to know, what, what did Deborah want to be when she grew up? I wanted to work in television, not in front of the cameras, behind the cameras. I desperately wanted to tell stories, always. Um, loved the idea of telling visual stories. I started in radio, um, loved radio, uh, frustrated there weren't any pictures <laughs> moved into television and then I spent 10 years at the BBC as a producer director on kind of primetime shows but yeah that is why I all, never wanted to do anything else and that is what I did I love that that is amazing you actually fulfilled your dreams as a kid I did and then I, and then I left Rob <laughs> but yeah I did it I did do that for 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 10 years and then I ran a a corporate film production company for 12 years quite old and then yeah <laughs> so so but the truth is you you have had that career therefore that sort of did live from the inspiration that you had as a kid and actually if we if we think about video today and I know yeah obviously film production movie production um, both both in your early career at the BBC and then obviously with vanilla films video has taken on a new life of its own today obviously our feeds are filled with video that is obviously extremely well polished and published from brands but everybody with a phone is now able and we do produce video and this content stream is is coming out talk to us about the power of video why is it so special i think it's special because video has the power to touch people emotionally in a way that copy or a written piece of content or just can't. Um, Pictures do 
speak a thousand words and emotion can come across on screen and you can look into the whites of someone's eyes and you can see and you can feel and you can um you can experience um and you can immerse yourself in what you're uh seeing seeing as well it's massively powerful for brands um video and you talked about sleek and polished and and everything else but actually it doesn't always have to be glossy and expensive um user generated content which really kind of gets to the crux of a you know the story or behind the scenes or you know that can be massively powerful as well i think what's interesting is that i saw recently a video that apple had made using just an iphone and obviously yeah. it was still i presume well apple, edited yeah. and produced but uh, <laughs> yeah but, uh, but it, they were trying to, I guess, recreate that authenticity of someone just picking up their phone and creating a video. Yeah. And you can do so much. I mean, we all do. I, I do it myself in my company that, you know, just producing video is so easy now. I, I think yeah. the storytelling thing that you mentioned there is probably the bit that resonates. What, how, do you, how best do you weave story into video? So storytelling's always been my thing and everything I've ever done has come down to messaging, you know, whether it was at the BBC or, you know, all the programming. It's, it, I mean, there's a difference if you're creating video personally or if you're creating video as a, a business, but let's, you know, let's go for the business side. It's about thinking about who your audience is, why they would want to engage with you, why your, your content will add value, um, and turning it into a narrative. So we, I mean, as a film production company over the years, oh, I had so many companies saying, yeah, but our content's a bit boring. It's a bit dull, we're financial services or we're insurance or, but there's always a human story or a human element or something behind, behind it. And if you can use video to engage and to emote and to capture people's imaginations, that's when you get impact. That's when you get real, you know, you can deepen relationships and deepen connections and Get interaction. Interesting. Well, that's a great segue into the next part of our conversation, which um, is also in some ways about storytelling, because it's about brands building out their purpose and how they communicate that with their um, employees, with their potential customers, their clients, and uh, the wider world. Um, for our listeners who maybe are not so well versed as you in the world of um, corporate purpose. Um, and, and sometimes, as we often hear, and I think you've coined this term with me before, profit with purpose. Um, the, yeah. I, the idea of weaving in a social purpose into the business as a, as a fabric of what they're doing. Share with us what purpose is. Give us an explanation of, of, of what that is. Okay, so let's set it into context first. So I ran a film production company until a couple of years ago. And then what we were seeing um is you know brands wanting to do marketing campaigns that lent more towards sort of the impact on they had they had on society on communities how they were being purposeful but the problem is unless a company has strategy behind the purpose unless it is embedded into the heart of their business unless they're genuine about it unless there's action behind it unless they're building a culture within their company of being purposeful that marketing campaign it's just a bit headline and a bit purpose washing. <laughs> um, Are you it, saying it, it's it needs contri to have... contrived or potentially yeah. even false? Yeah, yeah. And if you look at if you look at what has happened, oh God, look at what's happened in the world now. But look at what has happened over the past couple of years. 
there's been fake news, there's been social distrust of politicians and governments and et cetera, et cetera. There's been America, <laughs> Britain, and all the politics that has been going on. And there's been growing expectations from consumers looking towards brands and business to help address societal issues. So there's, you've got this growing public expectation, you've got growing, um, we've got a sort of growing movement from, from the public and consumers holding companies to account. You've got millennials and Generation Z coming through the ranks who they want their work to be meaningful. They want to work for companies that are making an, a positive impact on society. And so you've got all of this going on and you've got a, um, an idea that we're moving to reimagining capitalism. Is capitalism working anymore? Is it broken? Is it we're moving from shareholder capitalism to stakeholder capitalism? So this, this year is the 50th year. Um, well, 50 years ago, Milton Friedman, a US economist, made the pronouncement that, you know, a government, a, a government, a business, the purpose of business is to generate profit. But that is so different now. And so when we talk about purpose and businesses having purpose, we're talking about their reason for being beyond profit. We're talking about the why. What do they add to the world that no one else could add to the world? What impact do they add to the world beyond profit? So let me make it completely clear. Businesses unashamedly need to be successful. They need to make profit. That's the bottom line. However, <laughs> businesses also need to not be brave and not just look at short-term profit, but they need to look at how they're going to build long-term resilience, how they're going to build sustainable growth, how they're going to put a stake in the ground now to protect the future, the future for their employees, the future for all the people that, that work in their supply chains, the future for, for the local communities that they impact, and the future for society as a whole. And that, when we talk about purpose, um, is what we mean. A company looking under the hood of their organization and saying, what difference do we make to the world? Can we make to the world? What's our heritage? What were our founders' aspirations? Um, what's our unique expertise? What products and services do we offer? And how does that all come together to mean we can offer this? Has, has, has this not always happened? It's more of an evolution. Because if, you, if, if we think back to you know, some of the big, even 100 years ago, big industrialist leaders who yep. um, were the people who invested in social causes at the time yeah um, but obviously that was very centered on just a few people being able to do that why why is it important though, for the for the leap or the evolution to also include uh, weaving this into the fabric of the company the employees and the yeah. impact that has outside of that so there are many companies that hi historically being socially purposeful was built into the fabric. You know, if you look back at the heritage of Marks and Spencers or Cadbury's or many of the many of the Unilever brands, um, but what you've had traditionally um, is CSR, so it's corporate social responsibility, which is a great thing in and of itself. But we're sort of in an era now which is post CSR, and with CSR, 
when budgets are slashed or your, it's economic shutdown or recession, etc., CSR would be the first thing that goes. It's mm. bolt on. It sits alongside a company. And, and the CSR activities can be incredibly generous, incredibly philanthropic, incredibly valuable, but they're not necessarily at all related directly to what the core of the business is. So you might have a bank supporting, oh, I don't know, a, a, I don't know, a rescue, an animal rescue center or, or whatever it is. It's not related. It, it, it doesn't tie, it doesn't play into the bank's core strengths. Whereas purpose um, is not bolt on. Purpose is driven by leadership. Purpose is embedded into governance and purpose is embedded into strategy. And there are social goals set alongside financial goals and then a company that is truly purposeful communicates that incredibly well all the way through the organization and builds advocates and uses purpose as a lens through which to make decisions. So you've seen, we've seen companies that are, that are purposeful, that do have a purpose, and it's guided their decision making during this crisis. It's given them their sort of North Star and their sort of guiding light um, and it's helped them drive decision making and all their communications um, sort of tie in with their values tie in with their core purpose and you know at, at looking after their employees welfare and well-being you know from from looking at how they source things in their supply chain to looking at the impact that they make on sort of their local communities I think, I think that's interesting what you say, because ultimately corporate social responsibility is corporate charity. And it's an extension yeah. of we've done well, we've got money, it's the right thing to do, we should do that, let's give to this mm. cause. Yeah. Whereas, whereas what you're saying is something that is deep in, rooted into the DNA of the company in every yeah. manoeuvre that they make from the way that they treat employees, like you said, supply chain, the way that they approach marketing, whatever it might be, it's woven yeah. into that whole strategy. Really interesting. Qu but a question on yeah. that, this sounds like, and a lot of my listeners might be, say, startups, small tech firms, the, the, the tendency might be to say, that's for the big guys, they can do that, they've got teams that can, you know, implement this, you have a, a chief purpose officer, and they will permeate through everything yeah. that the company does. Why is this also important for smaller brands? I think this is important for anyone running a business, because anyone running a business, hopefully, eventually will be employing people, will be you know, offering services and products that involve third parties, that involve interactions with others in society um, and, and will be having an impact, whether it's locally or whether it's globally, um, eventually. So uh, this is for every business. And this, this is not um, an, an expensive thing. This is about just turning inwards and saying, why am I here? Beyond profit, why am I here? Um, and I think every business leader has a complete responsibility to answer that question I, I, and then act on it. <laughs> yeah, it's the acting on it. That's the hard part, because ultimately yeah. we are running businesses and there are decisions to be made. And, um, you know, when push comes to shove, um, you, you have to sometimes make decisions that aren't popular, and especially in these times, to even survive. Um, but this but this is about how it feeds back into the bottom line. This is not fluffy. This is not light and fluffy and, you know, airy fairy. Isn't it wonderful? We should all be nice to each other, <laughs> you know, which we should. But it's it, it it's not about that. It's about making good 
business decisions. It's about um, doing good business well. That was a phrase that um, the head of purpose at PwC said to me just yesterday. It's doing good business well. And what she means by that, and if I can extrapolate, is that this is about um, making sure that your employees um, are happy, that their, their work is meaningful, they understand the impact their work is making on the world. And therefore, you will be able to attract and retain and keep loyal top talent, the best talent. That helps in, in, in that sense. When you go out to pitch, I've had um, CEOs say to me, well, actually, there wasn't huge amounts that differentiated us from the competition. But actually, the fact that we were purposeful, the fact that we were, oh, I don't know, investors in people, or we've introduced this purposeful initiative, or we, you know, we really, truly live our values, that was the differentiator that helped us win that pitch. You know, you're looking at consumers. I've got statistics written in front of me because I can't remember statistics very well. 89% um, of consumers say they want to shift money and resources to uh, produce products that help people during the pandemic. Um, a third of all consumers will stop buying preferred products if they lose trust in the brand. And when you grow your purpose, you grow those conversations, you grow the deeper connections, you grow trust when you're authentic about it. 50%, this is from a Nielsen Global survey, 50% of people are willing to pay more for companies that are committed to positive social and environmental impact. Two thirds would rather work for such a company. Um, and Deloitte, have this stat that purposeful companies grow three times faster than their competitors and are more likely to be profitable and they outperform the stock market by 133 percent it's not woolly and it's not fluffy it, it's good business sense it's not on the periphery um, anymore and covid has massively accentuated the importance of purpose um, and it, it's put it on the business agenda. So yes, there is economic recession. And yes, companies are having to really work hard to make sure, you know, that they're sought in terms of health and safety and remote working and here with furloughed staff, et cetera, et cetera. But purpose has to come into that and has to be on the agenda now um, in order to, well, in order to, to ensure sustainable business growth. I think the three things that I take out from what you've just said is, is huge from a from a sales perspective. And obviously, I'm, I'm working with companies uh, from, yeah. from that angle um, and introducing these ideas to them and uh, often citing you and encouraging them to be in touch with you. Um, <laughs> there's three big things. Number one, yeah. the war for talent is huge. And yes. This is, this is a, a big driver, particularly, as you say, with millennials and Generation Z, that they're looking for this, um, this extra layer around who they work for that, that, yeah. that makes the decision as to whether they work for company A or company B. Um, Can I just add to that? Patagonia, yeah, sure. who are incredibly purposeful. Sorry, I'm stopping you on your three-point track. But <laughs> Patagonia, who are incredibly purposeful, get 9,000 applications, I read, for every one single job they advertise. And it's put down to the fact they are such an incredibly purposeful company uh, to work for. I mean, you've just, you've, you've, you've given the answer there in an amazing stat. Yeah. And, and, and that is one of the big things that companies always want to focus on is, is people. How do they get the best people to work for them? And this is another yeah. strategy that um, really wheeze people in but what you're also saying is which I think is you know from again from the sales hat on 
this affects the bottom line um, and it will yeah. only increasingly affect the bottom line. Yes, and, and what's interesting at the moment, um, there are all sorts of um, research and studies being done, like the future of the corporation, the British Academy and the Enacting Purpose Initiative to try and put um, strategic frameworks around what good looks like and then how you can measure impact. Because at the moment, um, there, isn't, there isn't a one size fits all anyway, because each company will be different and the impact they make will be different, understandably. Um, but yeah, they're trying to, to work towards getting some kind of framework for measurability so you can see what success you know, looks like and you can measure success metrics, um, which, which is crucial, um, which is really important. But I, I presume it extrapolates out beyond just uh, bottom line for companies where they're looking yeah. at shareholders and investors. This also is a, is a critical moment in you know, who do we invest in? It can go right up. Yeah. Look at ESG pension. investing now. But look at ESG investing. It's, you know, it's growing. It's really growing. And, and investors are beginning to look at companies. Well, they are not even beginning. They're looking at companies um, for the environmental impact, for their social impact, you know, looking at all those, at all those things. So. I, th I, th I think the last thing actually re is really interesting. Use the word sustainability, which is often, you know. Yeah often focused on environment and, and impacts around climate, but actually financial sustainability yes. and companies being yeah. able to survive um, through, through any bombshell like we've had, um, you yeah. know, th these values weave into keeping your staff and understanding the messaging to believing in your mission, even if there are hard decisions to sometimes make. And there are hard decisions to make. So let's be really clear that, um, that when you when you set financial and social goals there will be understandably some tension between the two and i think what we're looking at now is a new type of bold brave leader that has in many companies come to the fore that in in many other companies still needs to come to the fore that understands that um and that can set targets across the board that understands how to ride that um, ride that wave and make the d difficult decisions. So we had recently um, Professor Alex Edmonds, who's a professor at the London uh, Business School, um, and he's published a book, Grow the Pie, which I would recommend. Um, it talks about the business case for purpose. And he was talking about if you use the word purpose in a different context, that you, if you do something on purpose, you do it very carefully and in a very considered manner. And actually, with purpose, purposeful business, it's the same, the same principles apply and you have to have a focus and you have to have a direction. And actually you have to be able to know what not to do as well as what to do and be very, very clear when you're setting out your purpose, which is what we help companies do, defining that purpose in developing that purpose and communicating it. You have to be very, very clear um, every step of the way. I, so I thought that was very interesting from him. I, I think that's really interesting. And I have actually um, been on one of your webinars with him speaking and uh, found it absolutely yeah. insightful. But on the flip side, there, there are examples, and maybe you'll just say to me, this is part of the evolution, but there are yeah. examples where a company have certainly yes. not got a purpose and they've acted inappropriately to all conscionable levels. 
Uh, an example would be, say, Boohoo uh, in the news earlier this year um, with supposed sweatshops and you know, yeah. un, you know, conditions that none of us should be expecting anyone to work in. And yet yeah. they didn't really suffer. And in fact, their share price is booming. How do you yeah, explain so I read, that? I read that too. I, I would explain that as looking in the very short term. And I, you could argue that reputational damage is not as bad as financial damage. You could argue that. But also they had an independent review, which was very much not flattering in the slightest. And they did, I believe, have to put some measures in place, which now has helped the share price. But they've had to put those measures in place and look, you know, take an internal look at themselves. But purpose is, is not about, you know, the short term. Purpose is about re where reputation is important. And I come back to what I said before about trust. Consumers have to trust a company or a brand and consumers will vote. For, and even if that stat, 50% um, from the Nielsen Global Survey, 50% of people willing to pay more uh, for companies that are purposeful. Even if people, that stat doesn't quite hold true because, you know, even if only a, a small percentage of those people um, buy because of the behavior of a brand, that has to be considered. The, the, the impact though that we've had around um, a very polarized political environment, um, yeah. the, everywhere. I mean, this is obviously happening you know, where I am in Israel. It's obviously happening very much so at the moment in the United States. It's, it's been something that's dominated the conversation in, in the UK for, for a few years because of Brexit. There's, there's a podcaster called um, Baratunda Thurston. I don't know if you've listened to him um, or seen any no, of his work. You should. It's a very, very interesting podcast. But he talks about companies need to become citizens in a way um, yeah. with, their, with their impact. And he, he calls it how to citizen. Um, but mm -hmm. but being, being a company that citizens, you can start to tread into areas that you don't want to and you can begin yeah. to potentially alienate. Now, it, how, how do you distinguish yeah. purpose that has an impact and doesn't, um, I guess, polarize um, mm -hmm. against purpose that you say, well, these are our values. We're, um, I can only think of the US at the moment because it's so dominating on TV, but I don't know, yeah. we're, we're Republican NRA cardholders and that's what we want for our company and we want to, yeah. protect the second amendment and we want to weave through self-defense into our purpose how do you manage that fine line because it become can become so alienating so there is a fine line and there's a difference between purpose and values and advocacy and so that so that oh that's my doorbell <laughs> no problem. all right it'll be, it'll be sorted hopefully um when when brands like Ben and Jerry's, for example, Ben and Jerry's are very much, you know, they are purposeful, but they're advocates. You know, they they have a voice out there um, in the market. Or when when companies take a real stand against something, I suppose the purpose that I'm talking about is not really at all um, 
risky in that sense. We're talking about looking after employees. We're talking about living your values. We're talking about, you know, looking at the impact you make. We're talking about taking a societal issue and seeing how you can use your expertise to really bring huge amounts of value. Um, and we're talking about doing that authentically and having a, you know, a purpose line and having gone through risk assessments. So we will, we talk to our clients about de-risking and looking at that and, and coming from a place of being able to say, purpose is evolutionary. It, it's, it's happening over time. We, we, you know, we won't ever get to a point where we can just say, that's it. We're done. We're purposeful. Hey, great for us. It's a, it's a, I hate that word journey, but it is, it is, I'll use it. It is a journey and that's purpose. So for example, we've had conversations with um, clients around modern slavery or introducing, you know, modern slavery policies, et cetera, et cetera. And it's okay to be able to come from a place and say, we're just taking the beginning steps um, to being purposeful or to implementing this or this is the direction we're wanting to go in the, the, these are our aims and our aspirations for our purpose um, and Mars actually recently have just been doing it brilliantly um, particularly with um, Uncle Ben's they issued just a brilliant bit of content saying why they're changing the name um, and that they're on a journey and, and this is what their aims and their targets are and they understand there will be challenges along the way and that that's brilliant that's being purposeful when a brand then moves to take a position or becomes an advocate that's also okay um, as long as that company has really really well thought through any potential risk or backlash or that they're not just jumping on a bandwagon, which many, many brands have been guilty of doing, and it has, you know, it's it's come back to bite them. Um, that's advocacy. But if they can hold a position and they can justify that position and it links into the core of their business and to their heritage and their founders' aspirations and their, what they do as a business and, and they're holding a particular position and they can justify it and there's a culture been built around it and people can understand their positioning doesn't mean that they won't necessarily argue against it and sometimes that's okay too um but that's that's moving into the area of advocacy and so yeah there is there is a line yeah there's the nuances there that you're, you're yeah that's really interesting yeah purpose positions and advocacy they're all different things and sit in different buckets yeah i mean they can cross over slightly yeah there's crossover but so in terms of how you start um, beyond yes. obviously being in touch with you and getting into a purpose lab. That would be a good thing. Good thing to do. <laughs> I could definitely recommend. Yeah. Very, yeah. very good thing. <laughs> yeah. You're listening, thinking, you know, I really resonate with what Deborah's talking about here. And I yeah. want to weave that into what I'm doing. And I know that's a journey. I know we don't like that word. <laughs> we um, don't love the word, no. <laughs> where do people start so that they can yeah. begin to think about this and what are your sort of, I guess, top tip takeaways on how to weave this into their marketing communication in a way that isn't, yeah. you know, slick and vulgar, but actually is is, is yeah. purposeful <laughs> to use that word. So obviously, I love the marketing, the communications. We are a strategic communications agency. But why we are a strategic communications agency is because the strategy comes first. So you start with leadership. 
looking under the hood of your organization and really understanding at the moment where you are, if anywhere, on purpose. Then sort of saying, okay, where am I? Let me have a look at the competitor landscape. Let me get a feel for what's going on at the moment. Let me get a feel for what my consumers or my clients are talking about. And by the way, purpose is for B2B and B2C businesses. Let's not be mistaken. Um, and then beginning to say, okay, why am I here? Um, and it's, it's that line of questioning that starts you on the road to sort of uncovering what your purpose positioning is, what that statement is, that everything else is going to hang off of. Um, we've produced two resources, which I can send you or people can ask me for. Um, one is a very short um, sort of three-step guide PDF carousel thing, uh, where to start on purpose, which addresses exactly this. Um, and the second is 30 steps to purpose, one step a day for 30 days, um, literally from from beginning, right from the beginning, all the way through to thinking about communicating your purpose. So embedding it, you know, building a culture in your organization, um, all the way through to, to the marketing and the communications. And it, and it has to come from the start. If it comes from marketing communications, there has to be proper strategy, thinking, action behind it so that you don't risk it just being a sort of purpose-washed campaign. I love that. I'm so downloading those. <laughs> <laughs> Bedtime reading. Free, uh, all free. <laughs> um, final question for you, Deborah. Yeah. We are in a year that none of us could really ever imagine and beyond our wildest uh, nightmares, not even dreams. Yeah. And the main result in a business environment today is that people are having to work from home. There's remote work, yeah. remote anywhere. Um, and this is something that is not going to be put back in the box. Companies from Microsoft, mm. Slack, Facebook, all the big names that you can think of have all said, indefinite work from home yeah. um, and, and and that's going to have an impact on company culture um, that people will have to address it doesn't mean that there isn't going to be any it just means it needs to be handled in a new way but I, I think you're onto an absolute winner in terms of helping these companies understand internally because I think that's that's your army yeah. that's your team and and if you if you've got this purpose of people that you're not really ever seeing how do you connect yeah. that beyond a mission in terms of sales targets and you know all the things that we all know? Mm. So, and those are exactly the conversations and that's exactly the, the work that we've been doing is how do you then, once you've developed your purpose, how do you then communicate that really effectively to remote workers? I was having a conversation yesterday. How do you um, communicate it to, from manufacturing to, to people who don't actually have that much access to, to internet uh, and Wi-Fi, you know, in kind of really remote parts of the world? How do you put it purposeful initiatives together? How do you connect people? How do you help people feel engaged with what the company is doing, help them feel valued? That's when it comes down to really good communication strategy um, and communication planning um, so that everything hangs off of that purpose. And, and there are initiatives and everything that comes off is really authentic um, and targeted and localized. And I think that's the key. That's a conversation we were having yesterday as well. It's that this has opened up that, you know, if you're in your UK office or you're in your Tel Aviv office or, you know, wherever you are, 
you've got that banter with people and you've got, you know, and you might as a, a, as a global company have a headquarters and you might just kind of shoot off, you know, this bit of comms or that you launch that initiative or launch that bit of programming, you know, or whatever else. But actually what this has made companies realize, which I've been hearing, is they've had to take a step back and think, we can't just do that. <laughs> now we have to really think about the circumstances that people are in locally. And, you know, we've got our central purpose and this is what we stand for but we're going to have to really think very very carefully about how we communicate that um to to engage people and to have that meaningful interaction it is about meaningful connections that that is what it's about fantastic well look deborah you've been an amazing guest for us on coffee with curtis i hope our listeners get lots of value from what you've been sharing today and uh, i really do encourage them to look at the verity london website and get on the purpose bandwagon uh, deborah thank you so yeah. much thanks for tuning in to this week's episode just before you go i'd really appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button so you can get weekly updates on the podcast Hope you enjoyed your coffee.